I think I've never switched my Wi-Fi over since using my room. My room, yes, I said it. You did. And I don't care. <laughs> and I don't care who knows it. I'll say what I want. Pronounce the word room as I please. <laughs> Somebody else was getting, recently in my memory, somebody else was getting shot on for saying rum. And I, and I felt very justified. Paul says rum, hot dog, hut dog, hot pop, dog. popcorn. Yeah, popcorn. That, I'm not that stupid, okay? I'm not that out, out of, like, out of not, whack. You're not, that, you're not that busted. I would never say popcorn or pop, popcorn. popcorn. Hot dog sounds awful. Hot dog. It's just, uh, yeah, I guess it's just one of those weird accent things. Yeah. Horrible. <laughs> you're not that far gone. Inability is to pronounce O's and R's. I think it's cute. I mean, I, uh, a Boston accent's forever, and just New England accents in general forever sound to, like home, but like also I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a tough one. That's a conundrum. Another episode of Why Did We Watch This, the podcast where three friends sit down with a not-so-hot movie, uh, have a little themed drink, and then talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, and how we could do it better. I'm your host for this week, uh, Lee. She could use a little more famine and a little less fried, Delahanty. <laughs> I am Brendan. God, I'm a fag, Drishler. <laughs> and I'm Chris... Jesus Christ, Ravel. And if you could not guess from those nicknames, we have just finished watching uh, 2008's mm-hmm. My Best Friend's Girl, starring Dane Cook, uh, Kate Hudson, Jason Biggs, we Alec, got Alec Baldwin. Baldwin, Lizzie Kaplan shows Lizzie up. Kaplan Lizzie shows Kaplan shows up. Lizzie Kaplan, you get some Killam. Yeah. You got a little bit of Taryn Killam. Ricky Lindholm. Yeah, Rick, poor Ricky Lindholm. Yeah, directed poor. by someone I could not Directed by Howard Deutsch, who also directed Some Kind of Wonderful and Pretty in Pink. Yeah, he did do yeah, that's why he did do those 80s movies. Yep. He did do them. Is that uh, pretty in pink? How the mighty have fallen. Wow. How the yeah, competent have fallen. What how the, yeah, I was going to say, I don't know about mighty. How the fine yeah. have fallen. What a change. How the bankable have fallen. Like, that's interesting. Just because I feel like you could point to both those movies and be like, they're style present. Or you could point them and be like, they're fine. They're good. Yeah, they're, they're fine movies. It's like, they're, they're made. Someone made this movie. Right. And they Someone made showed it. up and directed it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As opposed to this movie where... Man, I don't know. Where, similar to how The Big Wedding doesn't exist, was this movie... Did this movie have a director? You know? Or did it... Yeah. Was it just, like, born did one day? It, yeah, right. Did it like, just spring forth from the head formed. of Zeus? <laughs> yes. <laughs> spring forth from the from the crotch of what Dane was, Cook. What was once a headache becomes this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Obviously, uh, to get to this movie, we needed to have a drink to go along with it. Um, I, I think in a unique twist, we'll be announcing the drink we had. Mm-hmm. Um, we had, uh, to, to go along with this movie, to continue our Summer of Mars. Summer of Mars! Summer of Mars! Uh, we had a Baja Car Bomb. We did. Um, which uh, is basically our attempt to recreate the sort of most trashiest, basic bitch margarita that you can have. Specifically speaking, it's gotten at a Irish-Mexican joint. Yeah, well, well the, the, I don't know what a real Baja yeah, Carbon is. Yeah, I assume a Baja Carbon probably has some sort of shot dropped into yeah. it in real life. We just liked the name. Oh, yeah. We just liked the name, but it's it's from uh, a, a Irish-Mexican yeah, restaurant. a combination Irish-Mexican restaurant. And I can't think of the name, but just assume it's something... Poncho McDougal's. Yeah, yes, yes, that's what it was, Poncho like McDougal's. Um, anyway, to make a Baja Carbon, you're going to need a half teaspoon of margarita salt, 
a half for, uh, fourth cup of margarita mix, uh, you know, from Stop and Chopper Shaw's yep. market Where, basket. Literally wherever you can walk into and find margarita mix. Yeah. Yep. No, I don't want to see you going into a Wegmans for that shit. Exactly. To to... Yeah. <laughs> Go to your nearest liquor store, look at the bottom of the shelf, yep. and find the margarita mix. Uh, you're going to need three tablespoons, the cheapest tequila you can get, yep. and two tablespoons of blue curacao. The bluest, fakest curacao yep. you can possibly find. And to make this drink, uh, you're going to lightly coat the rim of your glass. Uh, we recommend, for the full experiments, experience that you go with a red solo cup of mm-hmm. course uh, you're gonna uh, rim that with some salts then you're gonna combine the mix the tequila and the blue carousel in a cocktail shaker with ice shake that shit up put it in the thing yep it is the simplest recipe we've ever done probably. ever yeah. I'm positive this is the simplest we've ever done yep yeah I didn't want to take I didn't want to add any frills because then it wouldn't be it wouldn't be true it wouldn't be true to the spirit of my best friend's girl yeah. or Dean Cook um, I thought we were very successful in the thematic front. Yeah. I mean, I never want to drink this again. No. It was still a margarita. It was a margarita. Right. It and was... like margaritas are always fine. Yeah. Right. Like at a base level, it's fine. It might be too sugary, but it's fine. Yeah. And how it, it what this one was fine. We drank it. Um, I enjoyed it enough, but it is yeah. So you might think sweet. that it is too sweet, and you it is too sweet. It is You'd be right. too sweet. It is also blue. It is like Kool Aid blue. blue. Yes. It does not look like a margarita in conventional sense of obviously like a greenish margarita, which I think is what most people assume. Yeah. This has blue curacao in it. Obviously, that is going to overpower everything else in the drink. Yeah. So it just looks blue. It's like a nice Windex. Yeah. It really it does look like, like Windex. Windex. Yep. Yeah. It feels like that. Yep. That's pretty much it. I don't know what else you can say about the drink. It's a margarita. Yeah. Is what it is. Um, Show drank it. Well, you know, that's our our lukewarm takes on that drink. Yep. <laughs> like, our lukewarm opinions about it. Like I said, I think it was a, a thematic success. It was not painful to drink, mm-hmm. but it is not one I think we'll be repeating. Uh, no, you're like, why would you? It's just a basic margarita. This is for there's the no experience. Re- yeah, there's no reason to ever make just a plain margarita. Uh, well, uh, before we get into this discussion, who's going to tell us what this movie is about? Uh, same law. <laughs> that means it is me, which uh, you remember from your own call center experiences. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sherman Tank Turner, Dane Cook, is a helpline operator and ladies' man with a hobby. If a guy loses a girl and wants her back, he gets in touch with Tank and pays him to take the girl on a bad date. Throughout the evening, Tank inevitably behaves in the most moronic fashion, causing the girl to realize that her ex was not really such a bad guy after all and get back to their ex. He shares an apartment with his step-cousin, Dustin, Jason Biggs, who has fallen for his colleague, Alexis, Kate Hudson. Dustin takes Alexis on a date and confesses his love, but she insists they remain friends. After the date, Dustin explains his situation to Tank, who volunteers his services as a good friend, instead of having to pay for his services as usual. Dustin initially turns him down, not wanting Tank to be close to Alexis, but the next day sees Alexis flirting with another co-worker and begs Tank to take Alexis out. He accepts. Tank bumps into Alexis and they arrange to go out. He behaves badly all night, but Alexis is too drunk to care. When he drops her off, she expects him to come in, but he resists the temptation out of loyalty to Dustin. Alexis calls Dustin, but when they meet, she explains that her date with Tank has motivated her to see other men. Dustin sends Alexis roses and apology poem in Tank's name. Alexis calls Tank at work and berates him for leaving early the previous night. Tank goes to see Alexis and they end up having casual sex. There's a hyperlink for casual sex. On a regular basis, while (laughs) Dustin begins a series of desperate attempts to stay friends with her after all. Dustin prepares to go on a date with a single mother, but when he arrives to pick her up, she is breastfeeding her child. Dustin, in an effort to be funny, 
I would argue that, <laughs> awkwardly remarks that he would like to have what the baby is having. The woman, now creeped out and furious, yells at Dustin and throws him out, canceling their date. Distraught, Dustin goes to Alexis's home to see her, but is told by her roommate that Alexis was busy upstairs with a guy she has been having sex with regularly. Dustin, even more upset and refusing to leave, starts to walk up the stairs, only to discover that the man Alexis has been sleeping with is Tank! Tank and Dustin get into a fight and go separate ways. Tank's feelings for Alexis have now grown, and he decides to consult with his father, Alec Baldwin. After meeting with his father, he has doubts that he is deserving of a serious relationship with her. While attending the wedding of Alexis's sister, Rachel, he realizes that she is one of his previous bad dates. The groom, Josh, Taryn Killam, asks Tank to keep quiet about his use of his services. After overhearing Alexis tell Rachel that she has fallen for him, Tank's guilt causes him to sabotage their relationship and call Dustin to apologize to him. Dustin arrives at the wedding reception and reveals Tank's scheme to Alexis. Tank points out his clients, including the groom, and is punched and thrown out. Alexis, distraught from the fact that Tank used her and that Dustin paid to cheaply win her, never wants to see either of them again. Wonder how long that'll last. Mm -hmm. Later, while talking with Dustin's father, Tank realizes that he loves Alexis, and they encourage him to reconcile with her. He finds her and jogs with her for a few miles in the attempt to make amends, but Alexis is unmoved. Three months later, Tank is on a date when Alexis sees him and spontaneously decides to sabotage the date by embarrassing him. She walks up to him and throws wine in his face, then continues to try to embarrass him by stating to the whole room that he left her pregnant. He soon catches on to her joke, and they continue to throw insults at each other, some of which shadow previous insults they threw at each other at their second meeting, each of the trying to best the other in a play argument of insults and bantering, after which they reconcile with a kiss. The film ends suggesting their relationship is back on, suggesting. As the film's titles roll up, it is also suggested that Dustin and Alexis's roommate Amy, Lizzie Kaplan, hook up, or at the very least, have a sexual encounter, if not actually a relationship. What? Thanks, Wikipedia, for spelling it out for us once again. Uh, I'm obsessed that there was a hyperlink for casual sex. I'm obsessed with someone who invested this much fucking time in a yeah, synopsis for my best I'm friend's girl. I'm really shocked that it's this fleshed out. Yeah, there honestly. are like fucking Bergman movies that don't have this much <laughs> detail. Yeah. So just go real quick. Dane Cook as Sherman Tank Turner. Kate Hudson as Alexis. Jason Biggs as Dustin. Diora Baird as Rachel. Alec Baldwin as Professor William Turner, Tank's dad. Lizzie Kaplan as Amy. Taryn Killam as Josh. And that's that's pretty... Ricky Lindholm is there. Is Hillary? Yeah. yeah, her name is Hillary, a deeply Christian girl who like... It, it's not mentioned in the synopsis, which is weird because like with all the fucking detail this thing goes into, Hillary kind of matters a little bit, I think, in the I, synopsis. She matters in terms of like a him character who's not him saying what you do is good. Right. She basically says like actually you're romantic at all and you're doing good <laughs> things for other people. That's like stupid. You don't need to grow <laughs> yeah. at all. You you have it within you all along. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, bullshit. But anyway, that's that's pretty much the all true growth is the growth you never have. That's right. <laughs> yeah. The true growth was the growth that was already inside us that we completed long ago. Right. Yeah. Well, um, I want to open up this discussion by um, stating that this might not come across in sort of written synopsis of this if you haven't seen this movie but this movie is very it has dissociative identity disorder yeah <laughs> it has these like switches where it just goes from like raunchy sex comedy to like cheesy bad rom-com yeah and that like very fast very fast within, almost scene to scene within a scene it sometimes yeah. yeah sometimes we'll pop into it for like 30 seconds in a scene and then we're back right and it's very confusing what this movie is meant to be except that the poster I don't even watch the trailer it would seem to indicate that it's meant to be like a rom-com I meant to watch the right. the trailer actually the too, thing yeah. is 
there are two posters, right? Because there's the one that Dane Cook went on MySpace and bitched about. This one, right? He right. Bitched about the it. Close up of their heads. It's just like Kate Why? Hudson. What? Why look, at the poster. It? Because, look at the poster. Because he definitely thought that he was doing a, oh, wow. a Dane Cook movie. A raunchy sex. And you look at this. Comedy. This looks like a fairly straightforward rom com. Yeah, so completely. This looks right. like How to Lose a Guy. Oh my god! Face. And the picture. I love. I love in rom com posters when no one ever took a picture together. Oh, so they like composited yeah. these three yeah. very anodyne. Well, the images. other one. Lee, if you Google the Blu-ray cover of this, just Google my best friend's girl Blu-ray because that also has some huge no one's in the same room energy happening Amazing. with that one. Is it raunchier looking though? Like, do you get the it idea looks that it's like a sex that comedy? one looks like it's supposed to be like a Dane Cook comedy? Oh yeah, this like one. look at that one. Well, like Dane Cook has his arm like he's kind of around oh, Kate Hudson, but yeah. like clearly not really around Kate yeah. Hudson. Yeah. Oh my god. And like Alec Baldwin, Jason Biggs, like what's going on over yeah. here? Well, what's this crass jokester? Yeah. Well, and like the font, in the, the, this little right. whatever that is down there. Yeah. Is like it's a crude, lewd, rude, rude, and very, very woke. Okay. Whoever said that needs to calm down. Four very. Yeah. Very, very, very wet. Funny. Very, very, very um, funny. Someone needs to lose their job as a critic. That is, that is so funny how, like, wildly different those are. One is truly, we did this in our sleep rom-com, and the other one looks like it's an American Pie story. Yeah. Right. It's I mean, got, that's like, what... the, fil- the, the rom-com one has, like, that filter over it. Right. right. Like, that, that's slightly, like, yeah. hazy sort of, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Soft yeah. focus. That's right. Very soft focus for lots of white light happening, gentle. Mm-hmm. I can't get over the look how they captured Dane Cook's look in that first poster. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think they did it because Dane Cook is, he has got like mileage on his face. Yeah. I'm trying to find like a nice yeah. way to say it. I mean, like, it looks like he has some acne scar. Right, yeah. No offense, yeah. it's and there. I, it's not like it's a bad thing, but that poster really looks like they tried to filter out anything, yeah, anything. that was not perfect on his face. That's so funny. Yeah. For me, the identity of this movie is clearly like a Dane Cook movie that every now and then wakes up and is like, oh, wait. Yeah, I guess. Are they supposed to have an actual connection here okay yeah. but then sometimes it even changes from that norm for most of the movie there is no aesthetic there is no style it yeah. is very much just what you expect from a studio it's sort of a by the book like a very by the book yeah shot, right, right. Shot, the guess, camera is centered know. yeah we're not doing funny things with the color. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the spiciest it gets for the most part is when the two different times they do those those kind the of like 10-moment countdown yeah. bits. Yeah. But the prom sequence, the very beginning of the wedding sequence as he's like walking down the yeah. aisle to the yeah. Johnny Cash song, yeah. those are times where you're like, Whoa, 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 whoa. Cinematographer what's the, yeah. up for work what's the style? Why is someone yeah. showing like a sense of identity? Yeah, here? and like, like yeah. what are you doing? There's an identifiable aesthetic. Right. You, yeah. You're watching this thing and you're saying, oh, I'm seeing choices being made. Right. Whereas in the rest of the movie, it just it's looks like, like they pointed the camera. Or actually, the like, it looks like the in. camera rolled onto set of its own accord. <laughs> just pointed yeah. itself at the actors with like yeah. making movie. Truly. If you told yeah, me. Yeah, it's like the sort of like uh, clippy of. of <laughs> <laughs> it looks like you're trying to direct yeah. a movie here. Should I plant myself somewhere? Let me just, like, do all this easy stuff for you. Right, yeah. If you ever want to take over and do something not planned, let me know. It it really (laughs) does feel like for vast swaths of this movie, it was, like, directed via proxy or something, just because... It just doesn't feel like a human put thought into a lot of the movie. I mean, it just seems like the director was just kind of sleepwalking his way through it. Like, he just, Mm -hmm. he didn't care. He woke up once. Right. He woke up for, like, he came to work one one day. day. Yeah, (laughs) and after that he's like, Yeah. Point the camera. Exactly. Um, 
but yeah, I, so yeah, there's definitely like, I I couldn't get a lot of details about like the provenance of this movie. Yeah, I would have loved to actually know what the deal was with this movie. Yeah, you know? because like, it, specifically it what seems, was it first? It seems right. like, yeah, it either started as a rom-com or it started as like the sort of like sex comedy. Right. Or maybe in the third world it did start as some sort of, probably didn't because the writers are probably assholes, but... <laughs> There's a there's a version of this, and we'll get into more detail about it later. There's a version of this movie where it seems like it's trying to say something about toxic masculinity, but we're pr- we're all pretty sure in this room that that's just us being able to look at it and be like, wow, this is almost making a point. Right. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> probably purely on by accident. Yeah, it, I think it's just a side of effect of how ineptly this movie is handled yes. yeah. that it becomes that yes. unintentionally. This is a criticism I've loved at many of the movies we've discussed, but this movie feels particularly super guilty of running down the hallway and opening every door they pass. Are we going into the room to explore what's inside? Nope. No. But we're going to open yeah. that door. We're just going to like, yeah, drop some <laughs> interesting things in there. And right. We're maybe, go- yeah. maybe we don't even know that that's interesting. But Honestly, the, uh, there's so like much like the toxic masculinity angle, I'm not sure that a lot of what we saw was intentional. Yeah, Sometimes like the, they're yeah. just... The throwaway line of Dane Cook associating, like, having an emotional response to movies to being gay. Right. I don't like, think the movie huh. thought that was an interesting statement at no, all. No, the movie just thought it was a hilarious uh, joke. Funny. Like, isn't it funny if he's crying to Ghost and right. says, yeah. like, how gay he is for crying? Also, That's isn't funny. It, isn't it so funny how he's definitely not gay, guys? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. hilarious. And other things, too. I think the fact that they're related, that Dusty and Tank are related to each other, is something that this movie never really delves into. Any, like, they could be friends. Not by blood, It though. doesn't... No, I know that they're... But they're cousins. Mm. Yeah. That could matter, you know? That could be something. You could explore what their relationship was like as children. Like, what about their families made them this way? For all intents and purposes of the movie, they could just be like two guys who met each other in college or something. It wouldn't make any difference at all. And you have the huge elephant in the room, which is Alec Baldwin's relationship with Dane (laughs) Cook. Oh my god, Which is like the only thing in the movie that has like any kind of meat to it in terms of, I think, exploring who these characters are. But the movie is more just like, isn't it fucking hilarious that Alec Baldwin is a woman studies professor? Oh my God, but he God. loves sex. Yeah. Also, every woman in the class is a horny slut. Okay, mm-hmm. not only that, but they came to class in, like, sexy, deconstructed, like, mob suits. It's like some sort of sexy Abercrombie and Fitch basic porno sort of outfit yes. almost, where it's just yeah. like, how much cleavage can you show? How short does the but skirt It's like, be? I guess it's sort of like office attire, but, like, to the max sexiness level. Of right, yeah, like, if you were saying, like, if you were, like, I'm going as a sexy office employee for yeah. Halloween this year, if this is the outfit you'd come up with. 1,000 per- Well, and then the pearls, and, like, everyone yeah. in that right. room had a plunging Right, and line. every woman is, like, every time Alec Baldwin looks and they're, like, sticking their tongue and be like, yeah. yeah. Oh like, 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 t- like, basically face-fucking Alec Baldwin right in class. Or, like, he has a, he has a, a, a secretary who has a backslit to her skirt, so you can Right, see the shortest skirt ass. ever, also, like, yeah. it's just, like... She's also super dumb, right? Because she, like, walks in, and Dane Cook is saying something misogynist, yeah. and Alec Baldwin's like, that's a bad thing to do, Dane Cook, and turns to the secretary, like, I would never do such a thing, and she's like, ah, and walks away, and we're like... Yeah, there are, yeah. When he walks, when he appe- that character appears, I mean, it's like a light goes on in your brain of like, yes. oh, wow, like, now I understand, instantly understand way more about Dan Cook's character. Right. One I of these characters finally is 1.5 dimensional. Yes. Yeah. It is bonkers how quickly you put it together of like, oh, that's how this happened. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into acting later, obviously, but like, I mean, I, I think Alec Baldwin, the person, is horrible, but I do think it's a testament to his acting that his character shows up and you immediately understand what he's about mm-hmm. and you understand why his son is the way he is 
And I'm just not expecting something that elegantly done in this movie that when it happens, I'm like, whoa. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah. it's also intriguing. I do want to know why he's like and there this. Are, that's the only time you get scenes that are neither like bad attempts at romance or of comedy where there are like moments where Dan Cook is just genuinely trying to appeal to this man as his father. And, and his father's just like, ah, that woman's a cute. Like, right, right. And his father just like does not get that his kid's trying to like have an actual connection with him. Yeah. And he's I, just basically like, our, our relationship is based on us being horny men right? Yeah. That, I felt like you could see their entire relationship. Alec Baldwin basically just treated him as like a wingman, I guess. Yeah. And, and it happens like every scene because there's uh, the next, right. there's that first scene where he says like, I just want to like have a conversation with you and then there's in the later scene where he has the tux and he's like looking yeah. for like some words of encouragement his dad's like, where'd you get that tux? Yeah. No, but really, Dan Cook keeps trying to be like, look, why did you marry mom? And yeah. he, he, Alec Baldwin's like, hey, you look great. Like, what's that tux all about? And Dan Cook's yeah. like, no, but really, why'd, why'd you, you marry, marry mom? mom? Why'd yeah. you marry mom? And Alec Baldwin's eventually just like, oh, I don't know. She, she, saw, she kept trying to find the good man inside me or whatever. Yeah. And also, but like, I'm a piece of shit and so are you. So. Yeah, yeah, but, oh, we're, God. yeah, but being a shitbag's hereditary, so don't worry about it. Well, yeah. and what a devastating lion, I think in an earlier scene, where he just goes, well, if Kate Hudson was dating Jason Biggs, Jason right. Biggs then she was slumming it with you. With you, right. you're trash. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, what a casually devastating. No, and the I way know. that he delivers yeah. it is as yeah. if, like, this is something I have told you a million times. You already know this. Let's yeah. go hit the bar. Yeah. I mean, I can uh, stop trying to, like, have yeah. a real relationship. Right. No, I, I like that part. Because that's the one moment where Alec Baldwin's a character is like, all right, like, you want to really fucking know what's up? This is what's fucking up. Like, you're a piece of shit and she doesn't deserve you. Now let's get back to the bar. And so I, I sort of love the fact that, like, that's the one moment where you understand how this character became a woman studies professor. Yeah. Where it's, this guy actually is intelligent and knows how to do things. But unfortunately, he's basically guided by his pigs. dick for the entire movie, <laughs> yeah. pretty much. Also, the relationship, the idea of his mother is such a strange thing with this movie, Bizarre. again, like you said, doesn't really ever fully commit to. Where Jason Biggs says mom. that your mom, yeah, Jason Biggs says that Tank's mom walked out on them. Mm -hmm. Later, we find out Alec Baldwin mentions casually that she died. So, like, she left the family, then she must have died. Later after that, Alec Baldwin also mentions that they were going to therapy, and their therapist, who was a woman, had an affair with their mom. It's not only just like that she left the family, she had an affair with a woman and then left the family and then she died. The movie does not feel fits to unpack That's any of this. such a crazy, yeah, it's such a crazy sequence of events to reveal about a character we never see, but right. it seems vaguely important. Right, and that feels like this This explains a lot about like who Dane Cook's character could potentially be, yeah. but the movie's more just like, isn't it fucking funny that she's a lesbian now? Yeah. That's hilarious. And it's also two things like about the that. the end of Grown Ups 3. Mm -hmm. Yes. Two things about that are additionally bonkers. I'm pretty sure we never ever get to hear Dane, Dane Cook's thoughts on his mom. No, no. Dane Cook doesn't even fucking mention his mother. You think he would. You think the mom would matter. about why dad married his, like why his mom married his dad. Yeah. Right. But that was it. And like, and then also the issue is like Alec Baldwin commenting towards the end of the movie. Oh, I, I figured it out. You take after your mother. What does that mean? I know. I guess you're just, just like right. not a pig? Yeah, yeah. I guess that's the, that's <laughs> the idea Alec Baldwin is trying trash, to say. So yeah. I guess you take after your mom. Right. I was just like, but what does that mean even, you know, like, I had to extrapolate to get something very general and vague. Like, what does that mean? And what does that mean to Tank? That's another one of those moments, too, where it's like, it almost feels like the movie hits on something. Because he says that, and I'm thinking, like, oh, are we going to explore this more? And then, yep. like, Baldwin's immediately like, oh, you're sharing feelings, you fucking homos? Why don't yeah. you kiss? Just like, oh, great, now we're back to this again. <laughs> yeah. Lest we ever try to explore I mean, anything. I do appreciate that Alec Baldwin enters this movie as an asshole and leaves as an asshole. Yeah, like, no lessons learned. Has no, no growth whatsoever. Yep. 
Just I, like Alec Baldwin in real life. Yeah. There is just something attractive about seeing a character who is so fully realized in a movie where the characters are not that. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's refreshing, I guess, also for like a movie like this, where it almost it almost is an interesting thing about masculinity, mm-hmm. where uh, you see one of the characters who is just like, no, they're not going to get better. Yeah. They're just a horrible person. Yeah. You just have to do, you have to deal with them as best you can as they are. They will not yeah. get better. It's also vaguely fascinating hearing that line coming from a woman studies professor who one would think this is an educated man who probably has some, you know, as an educated person, one would also hope that like you have the belief that people can improve themselves and can, you know, change things about themselves. But this guy's like, no. Yeah, this is no. who you are. are we you will never change. That he took the job as a women's studies professor purely to fuck chicks. I think so. It seems that way, yeah, right? That's what you're supposed to think. And because, like I, you were pointing out, in the scene where we yeah. see him in class, he's saying like the most basic women are yeah. people too. Right. Like, well, they and then, people, right? And yeah. then, like every woman's breast. Yeah, every woman is, is just like heaving <laughs> as he says all this basic. I mean, shit. there's like a world where uh, Dane Cook's dad. Is like a pickup artist in this movie. Yes. Yeah. But instead, it's like he's he's like a woman. He's just sort of masquerading as this liberal to get with women. Which I don't right. hate. I actually do think that's an interesting yeah. angle for that character because I I do think that guy exists. The one that sort of pantomimes feminism. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, I'm an ally. Right. Yeah. Right. Of course. To to get to a woman to then also be a women's studies professor and apparently like I mean, kind of top of your field do, level yeah. work really like you yeah to do that work so just exactly. Like, and he's playing the long con yeah, like, here. I enjoy that character, but it just feels like there's so much missing from how that came to be. Yeah. Yeah, my thought would be, like, this character should be less overtly slimy from the get-go, you know? Should be more yeah. of, like, a, like a, a gentle understanding sort of guy. Is really connecting one-on-one with these women who are like, oh my god, this guy understands me. This guy gets well, my experience. Let's, like, I mean, I feel like, let's, on a broader scale, talk about it. Because yeah. I think that, like, honestly, everyone in this movie is way too, they're, like, all of for grossness. Yeah. And it needed to be dialed back. Just like casual stuff that isn't even treated as like as out of the ordinary, but stuff that I watch and I'm like, what the fuck? Where like that woman's walking down the hall in the call center and one yes. of the guys yeah. like takes his fingers and like oh. sucks three of he, them. Yeah. yeah. He's like, he's like, like, like a gonna, bowling ball. Yeah. Like a bowling ball. Which is so also nuts because like this woman doesn't matter, right? It's not like she's a she's character. Just, she's a woman wandering by in a skirt and every time she wanders by, Dan Cook and his buddy are like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, can we just talk about, I'm pretty sure the cast list of women without lines who are just meant to be ogled by the lead characters in this movie is like yeah. well, five miles long. Like, it's insane. I mean, you're either like a hot woman or you're a tor- like a terrible shrew, right? Yeah, you're, like you're, the, you're like, like a fucking fat-ass pregnant woman. Divorcee, right? right. right. Yeah. yeah. Only <laughs> two women that are of any like sort of interesting substance. Well, I guess we'll maybe count Ricky Lindholm slash Hillary, but uh, are, are the Lucy Kaplan and Kate Hudson. Right. Yeah. Everyone else is just like... A, a weird clown show. Sexy bimbo yeah. or yeah, like old. Or like a right. battle axe shrew. Yeah. She's just no fun. Right. Or you're either like the dumbest woman <laughs> this, ever or that. Yeah, I mean this movie is misogynistic. misogynistic. Oh yeah. It was no. ra- it's the writing is just steeped in it and the yeah. direction did not do anything to change that. At all. Yeah. Except what, by accident in some cases. Yes. What's just struck me in particular is I just feel like and maybe you know, maybe we've we've watched movies that have been on this level, but I was realizing it for the first time when I was watching this. Like, it's not just that oh, this this and that character is misogynistic. Yeah. Just the whole world. I mean, we yeah. talked about it's a misogynistic world they gave us, and I know like we live in a misogynistic world, but when I say that that is turned up to eleven in this movie, it's just gobsmacking how you're just like. What? Yeah. Right, it is. But the thing is, too, like you're invited to laugh with them, right? Exactly. It's not that you're like laughing yeah. at them, but. 
It's almost, not presenting well, all you're laughing is. at the woman almost always. No, 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 no. I'm saying it's like yeah. you're laughing with the men, you're being to, like, yes, ah, these fucking dummies. You're right. not supposed to think like Jesus fucking Christ, right? Like these poor. You're not supposed yeah. to like look at this poor like woman who is divorced and has a baby and think like, my God, I feel so bad for this woman. I sure. You're supposed to look at her and be like, boy, yeah. what a fucking <laughs> stick in the mud this bitch is, right? Well, because we, we were talking. She can't take a joke with another movie, Just Friends, about how like some of that comedy is very dated and did not age well, but how it's a lot of it's still very funny. Oh yeah. This is not the case with my best friend's mm. girl. It's just it's just like all like uh you do like watch it through your hands at certain points of how bad it is. Yes. Yeah, there are a handful of jokes that work in this movie, but so much like Yeah. It's outweighed. You know, so much of this feels like it was just Dane Cook giving free reign to improvise everything. But with the direction of just go as raunchy as you can. Right. I mean it's yeah, so like you have when he's talking with Nate Torrance at the in the workplace mm-hmm. and he says something like like did you stick your foot long somewhere else or something like yes. that? Which is like, huh? Yeah, it's it funny. Yeah. It's funny because because penis look like hot dog. It's all these lines that you like see these like you know coked up middle aged studio execs be like the, shit. Hilarious. are gonna fucking lose like their the minds. About, like I just had a child and he says like congratulations. He must have been delicious or right. something. Right. But then him as I said like he continues you, because you must have swallowed him whole. Get it? The joke that when she says she had a child she means she gave birth to a child. Dane Cook turns that on its head though yeah. and implies that she. Ate it. And in case you didn't get it from the first line, he'll explain it to you. I hope to God that was a studio note and that as was. We don't know what you mean by that, Dan. Yeah, yeah it, it did cut off and they were like, wait, what's the joke? Yeah, are you are you implying <laughs> that she had a child? We know that she had a child. She, she said she did. Dean. And that if someone were to eat that child, he would be delicious? Or that she did eat him and he is delicious. Yeah. So this needs to be cleared up. Yes. Reshoots. Um, it's also bananas, though, that in that scene, while he's walking up to those two women at the bar... Oh, like the doing students. this slow strut over there, right? And it's just it's all slow mo, yeah. right. and then we get a lot of shots, a lot of shots of just women, f- like just fully ogling <gasps> yeah. him as Again, he's walking by. That's why I'm saying the writing is misogynistic because, like, it is written. This movie takes place in a world where there are only these two types of women, right. except for like maybe three exceptions, and yeah. like it's just not, it's just not, it's just not a true representation. Right. Of all of the bimbos. Want your dick, yeah. and they are going to stare at you. Yeah, yeah. literally. Even if your I mean, boyfriend like, is right there. Right. The people in this movie are misogynistic, but also the war, like the, the, war, the, world the movie, the, yeah, world the movie is. that they've created is misogynistic yeah. too. And also, not only is it just that you know the, the shots of all, every woman in the bar being like, "Oh my god, mm-hmm. Dane Cook!" Every, like all the guys are like raising their beers to him yeah. as they walk by, being Men like, "Yeah, be like yeah, thank you, Dane Cook, for getting me back with women my dumb girlfriend." Just like what a fucking prosaic image. All of the women are interesting with his eyes, and all of yeah. the dudes are like. Salute. It's like yeah. fuck you. And it's also again like I like Dane Cook not unattractive, right. but not so attractive that every fucking woman in this bar is immediately gonna be like, holy right. shit. I mean like he took his shirt off and did I enjoy seeing that? Sure. Yeah, is he in great shape? Sure, he looks great. Like was, I'm not gonna argue it, but was like, it a body that I'm just gonna like fully turn my body around to stare at while it crosses the bar? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's everyone is misogynistic in this world, and it, I also just thought it was it was almost an interesting ratcheting up. I don't know what to call this. In other rom-coms, like this was in somewhat in like Maid of Honor as well. This was also somewhat in uh, Just Friends, where the main character is some sort of like professional asshole. Whether or not that's his job, but just whatever. Yeah. He's a cat and he's a dick and he has this like rules that just govern how men should act yeah. while they're trying to pick up women. And it's just so fascinating to me that even when the guy fails, we're never supposed to believe that his rules are incorrect. All of them are still real. 
everything he said that was terrible about women is still real in this movie. Right. Yeah. It just doesn't apply to Kate Hudson. I mean, I think, like, the biggest... The biggest fault... I mean, there's a lot of faults, but, like, the... <laughs> I think one of the biggest things that this movie could have sort of done and then doesn't do is the scene where he's having dinner with Ricky Lindholm. So, like, he has a shitty day with Ricky Lindholm because he's trying to get her to go back to her shitty, awful boyfriend, and he sees Ricky Lindholm in the street afterwards, and she's like crying and she's like I was dating this guy forever he never would be seen in public with me he'd always call me late at night and just have me come over and it felt like you know he didn't like me he never wanted to do anything and then I was excited because I got to go on a date with a guy and you know I this was something I was really looking forward to and Dane Cook's like yeah I guess I'm an asshole you want to go get dinner and you think like that's the scene where like Dane Cook starts to realize like oh like women have feelings like <laughs> yeah. the things that I'm doing are affecting these women in negative ways but all that comes out of the scene is Ricky almost like you know what you're a romantic after all like She's basically saying like, everything you do is here's, still good, and says, deep down, you're good. She says explicitly that it's good because she gives couple second chances. Yeah. Right. Here's yeah. where I think it's that again. I don't. Maybe not because the movie was written so badly. Maybe they were just writing a terrible thing. But like, if you were writing a better movie, what that scene should have been instead of it, if her pointing out like, well, what you do is good, is is her seeing the romantic side of him. And being the first woman to see past the asshole self. Yes. And being like, oh, actually, I see that you do actually, w- like, want romance and, like, yeah. have a romantic soul. And this is just a persona that you're putting on. And for that moment to be, like, somewhat of an epiphany to him. But then she follows up, like, oh, you're a romantic with, like, you're giving some couples a second chance. Yeah. It's like, no, you're... That guy you were dating was terrible. Right, like, every guy that he's trying to get these girls back with is, like, a shitbag for it's, doing this in the first place. Honestly, Ergo, yeah. like, he's not a romantic. Every, yeah. He's a capitalist. Every couple we see him interact with as a part of this weird hobby job or whatever he has, they're always monster men that yeah. these women want to get away from. So even within what the movie has showed us, in its own, like, thing, wow, on what planet yeah. are we supposed to believe this is good? None of those couples I should mean, have a second chance. I mean, we've talked yeah. about how uh, all of the women are, are, are like, one-dimensional character, but all the men are awful. Yeah, awful. I mean, to be fair, like, no awful. one's really likable in this movie. The yeah. men are just fucking animals yeah. in this movie, Yeah, Taron Ter- Killam and basically everyone except Jason Biggs is just a horrendous asshole, and Jason Biggs is just straight up an incel. Oh my god. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, to be fair, though, also, like, Jason Biggs is the one who says, like, yes, please date this girl who doesn't want to date me. So, yeah. like, he is true. He's also an asshole. He's an asshole, but he's, like, a different brand of asshole. Different breed of asshole, asshole. It's yeah. It's so funny how I feel like a lot of, like, a lot of what we see in this movie we can describe with vocabulary that I don't think we had in 2008. Mm-hmm. So, like, did we, would we have called Jason Biggs an incel or a nice no, guy no, in 2008? We did not have that have, word. Yeah. He, that's 1,000% what he is, though. He yeah. Is, yeah. The, he feels uh, like Kate Hudson owes him something. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I just want to zoom in on this just for the, the hottest of seconds. Our in to his, I'm really putting heavy air quotes on relationship with Kate Hudson is that they have been co-workers for five weeks. Mm-hmm. They've been casually seeing each other outside of work. And on this one date, the first time we see them interacting, really, yeah. he says, I love you. Yep. And she is, yeah. a, she is understandably, understandably a like, little missed whoa! by this. Yeah. Why do they continue to interact throughout the rest of the movie? Yeah, why doesn't she talk to HR ever? Yeah, ever. Right. The, the weird thing too, I guess. So afterward, they have like after she goes on her first date with Dan Cook, because the synopsis says she meets up with Jason Biggs again and has a lunch date with him. And Jason Biggs expects at that lunch date that she's going to be like, "I had the worst date ever. Please take me back. I'm so sorry. You're such a capital N, capital G, nice guy." Right. But instead, she's like, "You know what? I think dating other people is a good idea. We should just be friends." After which, Jason Biggs takes that to me like, "I should follow you around the office, basically." And basically- 
every day at yeah, work. Massive. Yeah, I should. Yeah, basically be like a huge fucking liability work. for this company. Yeah. Where like he's going to start leaving donuts for her, and at first it starts out as a donut, then it becomes like a donut as a smiley face, and becomes like a more elaborate smiley face, and then he's holding her, co- like getting her coffee while she's in the bathroom. Like he knows when she's going to the bathroom so and is weird. waiting outside the door. He gives her a copy of When Harry Met Sally, like the ultimate you know movie about two friends who become lovers. She should be having a conversation with HR about this. At the very least, she should be talking and be like, you know what? Maybe let's not be friends anymore. Yeah. Because, like, you're taking this all fucking wrong, and you're not that much of a nice guy, frankly. Beyond her clearly finding him to be weird and just not being into him, I don't understand why she doesn't have a stronger reaction to the shit he gets up to. Because I would have found it extremely uncomfortable if I was in her position, where I would just been like, I don't know that we should keep crossing paths. Yeah, I, like, I don't know. I would have, like, like, left the company or asked him to leave the company. Right. <laughs> or like, like, is there another office? I yeah. Like, do we have yeah. another location I could go to? Right, right. Do you have any business trips that you need? Me- <laughs> right. Yeah, can I go to Tokyo for a couple hey, months? Yeah. Where's that long-haired guy with, like, weird frosted teeth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guy. Um, oh. uh, but the the other Jason Bateman thing that Bates. just oh, wow, what did I say? Bateman. Oh, whoops. Um, that just <laughs> cements him in my head as Uber creep. When he sends Kate Hudson what looks like three dozen long But those were as tank. As tank. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I thought that's true psycho behavior. Oh, yeah. 100%. Because tank told him he was like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Right. And he's trying to make it clear. Like, he's trying to make it seem as though, like, this woman she went on a date with is actually a lunatic also. Like, not only is he, like, a bad date, right? But also the next morning, he's like, here's some roses. I wrote you a love poem. Jason Biggs is, like, covering all his bases. He's it's... like, either she's going to find him reprehensible or she's going to find him clingy one way or the other. And the movie seems to think that Jason Biggs's antics are pathetic. I don't mean the movie thinks they're cool, but that they're just funny. There's nothing else wrong going on here. It's just he's yeah. he's just a schmo and he yeah, just keeps he's fucking it up. Unlucky in love, poor guy. Yeah, yeah they're but, played for laughs, but they're it's horror. Oh yeah, horrible. No, he's like a yeah. nightmarish asshole. Yeah. Yeah, the really thing is. that I thought you were going to say, actually, Chris, we were saying about like the thing that cements him as a dick. Yeah. I thought you were going to say another thing that cements him as a dick, which is when he's going on a date with that pregnant woman. Yes. Upon immediately getting into their apartment, <laughs> what is that toy? He goes into their apartment. She's like, "Hang on one minute. I just have to finish feeding my baby." She's breastfeeding the kid and Jason Biggs it's like a switch just like turns off in his brain and he turns into like a lizard man from him, and he's just like I'll have what he's having he, he really mumbles it too it's like he can't control himself it's like he sees a boob and is like whoa Bobby and immediately after saying that she's like I'm sorry like did you fucking say you'll have what my baby's having and she very understandably <laughs> says like no I'm not gonna go out on a date with you get the fuck out of my apartment right. but it's just another case of like oh boy what an unlucky guy Jason Biggs is if only he wasn't such a fucking idiot who can't keep yeah. his goddamn mouth shut I mean, in front of a woman breastfeeding a baby. Are we supposed... Again, I, maybe the movie probably didn't think this through, but are we supposed to think... Just because in the moment, him saying that makes no sense. Mm. And I guess... Well, I think it must be because of when Harry met Sally, right? I think that's what we're supposed to understand. Oh. Is that maybe he's he had that on his mind? I th- Okay, this is what I thought was happening. I thought, Again, extrapolation to the tenth degree. I thought he was trying to act like Tank. I, that, that's I think that's another way of doing it, but I think just the fact that he does it so dumbly that he's yeah. like. And he or was, were we supposed to believe that he's such a porn freak that well, no, but he was, that just <laughs> came out of his mouth when he saw a Tank? I guess who knows who Maybe, he is. Maybe, but I think we were specific. He, he was specifically sent on this date to be nice. Right. He <laughs> was told like. This woman just wants a nice guy. Right, and he, all you have to do is be you. You're right, dumb, and you're she is told this is a nice guy. What does yeah. he say? 
been a bit of a dog. Like I don't right. get anything. That's like, what I, I don't get either. That's what I thought. I thought that line was a reaction to being called a nice, boring guy. Is that he's trying to play it? Like, like yeah, well, break no, out of I'm it. I'm not just like a, a boring, right. nice guy. Right. I can make lewd jokes. Right, but he's not playing the like it that way. Exactly. You know? yeah. yeah, which is weird. so. I, I think it's just bad writing. And it's also but. super weird that like you're probably being told going into this that like she wants a nice guy, you are a nice guy. He was told perfect match, right? And so that he would show up and they'd be like. This is a great date for you. He's a very nice guy. That Jason Biggs would respond to that and be like, actually, not so much of a nice guy. Like, why would you say that? Yeah. Like, you know what this date is all about. Right. And you're going against it right from the get-go. I did like that um, the pregnant woman's friend who had hooked up with Dane Cook at the beginning, when she opens the door, I like that she takes a beat and she was like, you got a new hairstyle and she just can't bring herself to acknowledge the like huge painted on, the painted on eyebrows. eyebrows I just yeah. thought it was yeah. a funny line of like there's a little part of me that wishes they were like fake mustaches or something yeah. like something more goofy looking that yeah, they yeah. thought would be good but then you wouldn't have that funny of course like, then running, running down his face like mascara hilarious there's actually a part of me that thought when I was watching this and this isn't my fix at all but I'm wondering if there's a way you could do this movie where you kind of combine the girl who he sleeps with at the beginning and Ricky Lindholm's characters into one as like this woman he's kind of like seeing a yeah. little bit throughout like not necessarily in a sexy way but like yeah. revisiting throughout the movie who kind of is the one who like sees him as he is really early on and maybe frankly like that at the end he gets with her instead of Kate Hudson because Kate Hudson should have nothing to do with this guy ever again after everything that happens at the wedding Kate Hudson should see neither of these men yeah no Kate Hudson should immediately get like a restraining order on him when he starts talking <laughs> yeah. next to her yeah. but like I think there's a way you could sort of like because the revelation that Ricky Lindholm has where she's sort of trying to like probe into who this character is could kind of work with this weird ass woman who we see, when we see in the beginning she's immediately like this standard brainless bimbo who's Hot like woman. want sex give me sex immediately and then the next morning after she's just like hey let's never talk again yeah. like she's like is it cool if we don't like prolong this I'm just gonna go yeah. which makes it seem like she is basically maybe the female equivalent of him yeah like she was using him for sex too. right? And which again what an intriguing thing we now really follow up on right and so maybe this could be where you have Kate Hudson as this idealized ah she's one of the guys type of girl you know like the kind of girl that every guy wants like oh she'll go to a strip club with you and she'll get super drunk she'll isn't eat that so awesome the size of a human head yeah she'll eat, she'll eat half the cow on her second date with Jason Biggs there are ways that you could have made other and more interesting women in this movie that the movie just has no you I mean know. I, I I would argue that I think you could have done that with Kate Hudson oh I sure that, like, Kate, like I, I, I think feel she like, could have done it I feel like Kate Hudson's character is underdeveloped in this movie and that it, it sort of could have been and maybe should have been that type where like she sort of is in this like sort of buttoned up role as this like businesswoman but like because in that they, they do have that early scene with her and uh, Lizzie Kaplan where Lizzie Kaplan's like you didn't bang enough people like you're too monogamous you need to like have a period where you just you know go wild bang a bunch of dudes because you're, you're like too inexperienced and you're getting into like bad relationships because of it and the idea that, like, maybe she hasn't let herself go enough or, like, she, she spent her 20s, like, being too, like... I don't know. So I don't want to use words like prim, but like too like straight legs oriented and, like, on yeah, like, yeah, yeah her job oriented, or yeah. and she didn't get to like live her life. And yeah, that maybe she was like you know she has the, the potential to be more of like a you know practical, pragmatic like which is pretty relatable. Yeah. yeah, I feel like you need kind of a reckoning with Kate Hudson's character in that sense because then you can have the, her like as yeah. a character be like, wait, but what is it that I want? You know, like but, is this like messy bitch who I truly am? Is this just something I'm putting on? Is she realizing this persona that she's created, the thing that's interesting, Dane Cook in her, and that's not who she really is? So, you know, there's things there. But I, w I would also argue to your, the, or not your idea, Brendan, that I, I think that you need Ricky Lentome and that woman from the beginning that he, like, has casual sex with to be two different people because 
I feel like in the in the case of that woman that he hooks up with a couple times, that she wouldn't be the one to have that revelation about him. That it would take somebody like you know like a, a quote from unquote, the outside, like, seeing him from the nice first time, woman who like yeah has no relationship with him and is just maybe in more like a naturally insightful person that gets to experience by chance like the kinder side of him because he he feels bad for like fucking up her date. No, and I do like that's like one of the few things that his character does that I think is actually kind of nice. It's one of the few moments where I have sympathy for Dane Cook's character. Yeah. We've been kind of talking about it, about the humor, but I would like to know if there's any bits or what are the bits, if any, that uh, you liked or that worked for you. Humor-wise or just anything? I guess humor-wise, but any, if there's anything else that you... Anything general in the movie that we... We really worked. Uh, the guitar hero joke. The guitar that was good. Is, it's yeah. one of my favorite. I just that was love funny. It. It's the way that she talks. Like I, I know exactly. I've been in there. I don't play guitar hero specifically, but the way she's like, I met this band. They fucking suck because she's talking about herself. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's Kate Hudson calling her while Kate Hudson's in the ladies' room, yeah. and she's like, "Hey, like, hey, where are you?" And she's like, a close up on Lizzie Kaplan in the dark with like a hat pulled out of her. Like you can't really see where she is. Yeah. She's like, "I'm in a club. This band fucking sucks." And she's like, "No, you're not. You're playing guitar hero." And they show Lizzie Kaplan like holding the little like plastic guitar. Yeah. And like, yeah, playing. Guitar Hero. I I loved that. I love the detail that that character loves Guitar Hero that much. Yeah. Well, the um, idea the only like thing I know about her. Like, like still knows, like, likes Guitar Hero. She's right. like, no, it's Saturday night. I'm, and I'm totally out yeah. in the club having fun. Right. She also loves toys. Yes, she does love toys. Um, Even though it was very corny and on the nose, I liked a lot of the Jesus crust jokes. <laughs> How's the pizza of Nazareth? We worship it. I liked the yeah. mural on the wall of the Last Supper with Jesus is holding out two pizzas. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> and like the frequent buyer card where it has yeah, this, Jesus' this hands stigmata. and you punch holes in the hands so it's like stigmata. Yeah. Love it. I, I love a good theme restaurant. Those, those the Poncho McDougal's was like less successful I feel. I feel like honestly like, that's the thing that I could find very interesting. I think like the fact the thing that I don't like about Poncho McDougal's is that it's also like the joke is not just that it's like this thing that should not be an amalgamation of it's Irish a, and Mexican. It's a fucking shithole. There's a dog on yeah. the counter. You'd never <laughs> want to eat there. I think, like, the joke could literally just be that, like, this is a restaurant that should never have existed, and he's taking you there. Not just that, like, everything there is awful. I was gonna say, weirdly, I felt like they just turned up the gross, but yeah. they didn't turn up... Honestly, maybe it's better they didn't, like, make a bunch of well, heritage jokes. I don't know. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, bomb is a pretty insensitive that's true. Yeah. thing to put Actually, that's the one point. thing I did see from the unrated version of this movie which does exist and we did not see is that one of the other food items they mentioned there is a corned beef burrito which I kind of love as a detail it's just yeah. like again like as this long as the, there's not fucking sauerkraut in there we're good you would want a corned beef burrito give it a try I like corned beef <laughs> okay <laughs> I mean, I do too. I don't know if I want it in a burrito, but what is this corned beef yeah. dance? What's this little like? Yeah, this little know. dance you're doing. Baby wants his corned beef. Baby wants his corned beef. There were bits and pieces. Of, I'm going to get very granular, just sure, because there's just isolated moments yeah. that I really enjoy. You want to make sure you don't. <laughs> you don't want to like be too broad. You don't want right. to say I like this scene. No, no, no. I like this one more. I like this bit in the scene. Yeah. Well, I like this sentence. There yeah. are whole scenes I like. I love the prom. I oh love, yeah, the, I love yeah. Mom. Those, okay. Let's start the two. So the two like visual and just like overall scenes that work really well. Are yeah. the, the prom sequence is great. The moment where he decides to tank the wedding is a great sequence. It's a, it's great. There are some parts I probably would have like lost, but I thought the prom sequence was wonderful. Like suddenly they brought in a lighting person. Yeah. Who gave us wonderful bisexual lighting yeah, everywhere? Very Super bi. Very purple and uh, blue. Um, but also just the way it was shot was really cool. I felt like you were able to see. Dane Cook and Kate, Kate Hudson connect. Yeah, they in almost have chemistry in that scene. Right. Yeah, it was weird. And um, even if I don't necessarily love the direction it went in, I do enjoy 
the an attempt at subversion where yeah. he has that conversation with the fat kid and he makes an assumption yeah. about him that yeah. turns out to not be true and then the fat kid's kind of a dick and yes right. I, yeah. I would have steered that in a different direction but I do enjoy that they yeah. didn't take a cheap I like that he tried uh, to save the cat kid, and the kid's like fuck you yeah. you're yeah. an asshole and there yeah. he is right about I mean see that's the thing no I do wish I had committed more to that because at first it kind of starts out with the kid being sort of self-pitying and be like like yeah. oh I'm a, I'm a big fat teenager like my life sure sucks and Dane Cook starts offering advice and he's like what the fuck are you offering me advice for I think it just should have been more straight off the bat Dane Cook sees this kid who he assumes is miserable and an outcast and the kid's like no fuck you I have a girlfriend people love me at this school right. like yeah. I'm doing fucking great for myself you're a 30 year old man at like a high school prom like why would I listen to you about anything yeah there were bits at the wedding in the wedding sequence I also enjoyed I really loved I mean we are I mentioned it earlier but I just I love that whole Johnny Cash walk down the aisle he looks great again it's a style moment that I'm just like where did this come from yeah I loved that it almost suggests that he's like the devil or something yeah Yeah. he's again dressed all in black he's in a church and he's like smoking there's like some red lighting happening behind him too there's lots of shadow being cast over his face in an effective way yeah, uh, at the wedding sequence, I, again, like, it, it loses me when he pulls down his pants in front of the mom and says it's not going to suck itself. Oh, but that... But, but I love that yeah. leading the up The start of that is yeah. good. When he's he's trying to, like, you know... Fluster this woman. Or, like, yeah. yeah, piss off the bride's mom by saying, like, oh, I bet you used to be, like, a slice of... A fucking hot, right, and a you, hot you slice. expect her to be, like... Like, a hot, a yeah. hot place of fuckberry pie. And she, pie. she yeah. looks scandalized for a moment, and then she's like, you bet your ass I was. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it always makes, I don't know how it'll figure into the plot, but it always makes me wonder that he's, like, trying to tank the wedding, and everything he does just ends up endearing him more to people, yeah. where, like, yeah. the mom is just like, like, oh, you, like, you saucy man, you, like, like. He's such a good flirt. Right, yeah, yeah, like, you stay next to me for the rest right. of the night. Again, I don't know how you would, you know, spin around things like that this joke to the priest. Yeah, that, that would have been a good way to do it, right? Where, like, everyone else is just like, oh, this weird, wacky guy and yeah. it's only kid Hudson that's like what the fuck are you doing right, are right, you yeah. having a meltdown tonight <laughs> and then because then Dustin can still come in and it still ruins everything yeah. like you don't yeah. actually he doesn't right. need he to doesn't need to wedding. he doesn't need to be the one that ruins the wedding yeah. Dusty is the one who ruins the wedding I do enjoy it's when Lizzie Kaplan has to go fetch him yeah, out of the he's kitchen eating the cake. I love you just carving chunks of cake out with yeah. the cake toppers yeah, yeah. Yeah. That I thought was a great visual gag. I kind I of really like that, that whole I I kind of like the whole conversation he had with What are you doing? He's like taking a breather, breathing, and then he like hacks out this like thing. <laughs> he's like, yeah. like, what do you call that? And this guy's like he calls it like Afghani kryptonite Kush. 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 kryptonite or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he says kill Superman. Yeah. yeah. Superman <laughs> He's like still hacking out like smoke from the I enjoyed that. Yeah, I think some of some of the jokes in that countdown sequence are good. Others, like, I don't love the one where he's talking about, like, sex a gratuitous sexy... Do- yeah. Because it's it's just, like, one of, like, the most obvious jokes you can ever see coming, where Which it's, like... This? Where he's talking to the kids, but it starts with, oh. like, a close focus on him describing the sex act. Mm-hmm. And so you know that the camera's gonna pull back, and it's gonna be children, or it's gonna be, like, a old table people. full of old people who are all gonna be scandalized. And so it's just sort of, like, you're sitting there, and you're just like, okay, come on, come on, pull back, let's see who's there. On the one hand, you do have things like the mom, and the scene with Lizzie Kaplan and him smoking, and then you just have, like, the most basic things where where it's like, oh, they're lifting grandma up on a chair for some reason. And then he walks yeah. away. And then he, they drop her because Dan Cook leaves. And then, uh, um, or when he has to go over and tell that weird protracted joke to the rabbi and the priest. Yeah, yeah. See, the thing is, I kind of, like, that's another one of those scenes where, like, if it had ended five seconds earlier, it would have been kind of okay. Because, like, I think if it had just ended with him saying the punchline, yeah. and then you cut to the next one, like, it would be fine. But then Dan Cook like, has a visual thing. Right, then Dan Cook is like, so, yeah, he goes, oh, it's a visual thing. And he, like, bends over and shoves his butt in the priest 
space. It's like yeah. the kid's standing there like this. And it's like, uh, yes, we, got we all got it. The priest definitely got it. You don't need to do it. Would it's you, fine. Would you guys agree if I said that's that's somewhat of a problem across the movie where yeah. doesn't, doesn't they, know needed, to they needed to trim in a little yeah. bit more? Yeah, you mean this movie could have been like less than two hours long? Yes. Yeah. Is it I, two hours long? Is it actually, honestly, better? I'll look Check it it. You got one computer right there, don't you? Yeah. So, um... 101 minutes. Okay, so like an hour and 40. Yeah. yeah, this movie could have easily been 80 minutes long. Yeah. Uh, I do actually really like the some of the first tanking scenes. I really uh, like the broken stereo thing. That, yeah. was, a good, that was a funny I like joke. the inversion of that where it's like, you like oh, stereo's broken, and it's like obviously expecting it to be nothing, and it right. just plays like one like, rap one song, song very loudly. loudly. Yeah. And I really like that. The bit where he's trying to, like, explain the plot of the song to this woman. <laughs> Which, like, oh. again... Hug me, hug me! If, like, yeah. if you had shot... They, the, for some reason, they show the first tanking in reverse. I don't understand why. So you see the worst things he does first, and then you end with, like, the first thing that happened in the night? Yeah. And I think it's because we're starting... You start with, like... We're starting from You start at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. 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 But like I don't. But still, you don't have to go backwards. You could right, yeah. jump it's, back in time, start with one, and go to ten. It's very hard to see the escalation if if the if you're already starting at the worst. Yeah, and then, if yeah. the least bad thing he did was at the beginning. Right. But like I, if, I feel like it would have even played even better if it was actually played first in the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. But I really like that as like the opener of like, oh, my stereo's broken. It just plays this really bad ride. And he at that point he's still sort of almost masquerading as this nice guy where he's like, well, I know this song seems offensive, but like it's really like a love song and it looks like it's like something you hear about rap songs a lot. And I kind of like when he does it again to Kate Hudson and uh and she's like, oh I fucking love this song. Yeah. Yeah. He just stares at her like what the fuck is that? like <laughs> That was pretty fun to see him just kind of be like, wait, you're into this? Yeah. Um, She's just one of the guys. She's just one of the guys. Although... She loves her rap. Again, and this might be a quibble, but I did think it was odd that on... In two different points during that, like, first date sequence she has with Tank, Mm -hmm. she says on the phone to Lizzie Kaplan, he's either the biggest asshole I've ever met... Or he's pretending to be one. Or he's pretending to be one. And then she says something like that again when they get out of the party at the end of the date. you're an asshole. Right. Yeah. You've, like, made your case or whatever. I'm just like... I don't hate that you're getting this, but why? Yeah, is your thought? I, I think the so your thought, I think, which I kind of agree with, is that Kate Hudson seems to be wise to him. Yeah, but, early on, but, but then she's not. But she's because, not. Right, she's not because nothing else she does after those two scenes right. reflects upon that. Well, yeah, no, then, I agree. Even before that, we don't. We don't, we don't from where does she draw this? Right. Like, yeah. I mean, my thought would just be she draws this because this guy is so over the top that she immediately realizes, okay, either he has no okay. sense of self awareness or he's doing this on purpose, which yeah. I think is a pretty natural conclusion. It to is because again, the way you phrase it makes more sense. The way she phrases it makes it sound like the the screenwriter couldn't fully put himself in the mind of a character who didn't know this shit. And well, again, because all their other women are uh, like any one of us would be in this situation with a bad date we'd be like what is wrong with this guy yeah yeah what's, what's his problem yeah but all the other women are just like wow what an asshole right they're so like, busy no. being offended they can't even think about what's like, happening not what an asshole yeah. this is like on another level yeah, yeah. Like, that you have to question what is going right on. no it's, it's to the point that you're so like am i on a reality show like did someone put <laughs> yeah. you up to is this? this a prank show yeah exactly there, there are things you should be rude. questioning yourselves but all these women are so fucking dumb that all the when yeah. they see him they're just like oh, i'm so offended the other thing i kind the of like is uh this. after the sort of weird romantic cube plays out where she like 
like kisses him because she wants to bone him at the end of that terrible date. Mm-hmm. I do like his little awkward monologue where he has to like go home. He's like, sorry, I'm not gonna bang you. And he's like a little flustered by it. And he's like, he has this like, oh, I'm going home. Why am I going home? Because I have to go home. I'm gonna get in the car and I'm gonna go home. Yeah. And she is what? Oh, the bouncing yeah. ball. Yeah. <laughs> that's her girlfriend. I yeah. can't remember his name. I think at one point he says like, eyes in the game and the head in the ball. Yeah. <laughs> he's like reversing. That's, um, I, I, so going off of that, I think that's like the central crux of this movie to be with, first of all, is like the conflict is like, Dane Cook really likes this woman, mm-hmm. but he doesn't want to get with her because his cousin roommate, Dusty, wants him to date her so that she will come crawling back to him. And additionally, committing to her in any real way is a huge thing he just does not do. Mm-hmm. Right. But what I was, the, the biggest thing here is that Kate Hudson doesn't want to get back with Jason Biggs. So why do you care if she gets bro, back? I know. Code. No, I know. And that's truly what it is. It's a bro it's code bro thing. Code. It's a bros before Listen. hoes thing. You could easily make that, you, you know, you could fix that even if Kate Hudson was like a little considering right. with Jason Biggs still, you know, but she very clearly from the beginning is like, don't want this guy, not even at all considering getting with this guy. He's just my friend. I don't see him that way. He's a fucking incel. No, thank you. <laughs> but the movie still wants you to like look upon this as conflict because the movie doesn't care what Kate Hudson thinks. It's also a cheap conflict, right? Yeah, of, of course. Like, of course these two men are going to yeah. bicker over her. Yeah. And there's a secret and it's really hurtful when it comes out. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. It always is. This fun. is probably the shittiest rom-com con we've ever seen. It's it what is. It is. It's the worst version of that. Um, I don't want to waste too much more time because we've talked a lot about this movie. We but have. Yeah. Could we just rapid fire and talk about some of the acting in this movie? Yeah. Um, so let me here. I'll pull. I have the list still yeah. open. Let me Wikipedia, be clear. So. None of it is as bad as I think the the Razzies would have you believe. I agree. Who won Razzies? Do you know? Uh, all I know is that Kate Hudson got a lot of shit for this, but she does not, not deserve. She deserves yeah. the least of oh, the shit, yeah. I would say. So it earned a Razzie nomination for Worst Actress. Also for Fool's Ghoul, though. So I guess it was a double whammy for Kate yeah. Hudson. We'll go into that. But I guess first we should start with Dane Cook, right? Not as bad as you would think. Yeah, I thought he did a I think, I mean, job. he's playing a Dane Cook character. I don't yeah. know, like, what else to say I think him. he handles some of those, like, more real, like, hard-hitting scenes, accidentally hard-hitting scenes, with better Baldwin. than you would think. Yeah, with yeah. I think that uh, you can see, like, I the agree. earnestness there. I think I, my biggest problem is just that, like, so many of the f- scenes that feels like they just allow Dane Cook to spin his wheels are the ones where I just start rolling my eyes like, okay. Yeah. Okay. But the ones fine. where he's in there without Baldwin, and I couldn't, maybe it's, like, Baldwin is just a good scene partner or something, but I feel like you actually see Dane Cook, like, act. Yeah. There, because you see him... There's, like, some vulnerability. And, and disappointment, like, yeah. because he's not connecting with his dad the way he wants. I don't think it's amazing work, but yeah. it's it's solid work. I actually think he does a fine job. I don't think he's the best at romance. <laughs> um... I don't think he does the romantic scenes very well. Nope. No. Uh, but I think he can be funny in some of the scenes, and I think that he does some of the like actual dramatic acting not bad. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, better than uh, I think is like needed for most of these shitty movies. Yeah. It almost makes me wonder, like, is there a rom com that Dane Cook could be in? You know, like, I haven't seen his other ones. So I don't know if. Well, I mean, I, I don't think he's been in other rom coms. I think they're all kind I mean, of good, good luck. Chuck is good luck, Chuck. I think that's not really a rom com. It's oh, okay. a comedy that happens to have elements of romance, right? It's not um, what you would consider to be a rom com. I've right? never seen that. I don't know. I've never seen either. But what I'm saying is. I, I don't know. Like, like, could he have done a Just Friends? Right, yeah. Or, or like, even more Maybe. of a rom-com than that. I don't know. Again, I don't know that he... I don't know that he sold me as, like, a romantic lead in this But movie. what I'm saying is, like, if it were... If there's a better movie, is Dane Cook a good enough actor to have maybe pulled that off? I don't Maybe. think he could now. 
Uh, not now. I think yeah. then he could have done... I don't think he was interested in it. I don't think he was either, yeah. but I'm just curious if, you know, maybe if he had tried to do something different, I his career would have had a longer time. I, I think I he could have done it, but I, I don't think it would have, like, set our world on I would have known it as a rom-com. I think that if you'd given him, like, a comedy drama, I think he could have done that. Yeah. I don't I'm, know that I buy him as, like, romantically, not because he's not attractive enough, or... I just don't think that he sold me as, like, somebody who was, like, in love in any of those scenes. No, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a lot of us, it's just, it's a shitty movie. Could Dane Cook have been a good actor in other things, you know? He was in a thriller, I think so. I, I think remember. if you had done some work, I think that if you'd, like, yeah, put some work into yeah. it and, and gotten a better script than a good director... I think someone could have done, could have turned out a really good performance yeah. out of Dane Cook. It just mostly seems like maybe he's not interested in that, yeah. you know? He just wants to be Dane Cook. Kate Hudson? I think she actually... Get, I think with she does little, this kind of role very well. Yes. I think she does as good as you could have asked her to. Yeah. And I think, I think considering how nothing the role is... Yeah, I think the closest comparison work. is her character in How to Lose a Guy in 10 yes. Days, where she plays this kind of, like, more down-to-earth messy girl. That movie's just much better written. Yeah, because she actually is, like, a, I think she they, has, like, a character with traits. I think the Kate Hudson's yeah. having fun in this movie, at least. I yeah, think yeah. I, I think it, it looks, yeah, it looks like she's trying, you know? I think yeah. she's definitely committed to this part. I think what I was realizing... I think she's enjoyable to watch and very charming. I do think, though, she is stuck almost 100% just reacting to people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, because, again, we don't know who Kate Hudson is, right? right? I kept saying the entire time, I don't understand how she can afford this enormous brownstone. <laughs> At the end of the movie, they kind of half-ass mention Taryn Killam is just sort of like, and you want to be part of this family because they're fucking loaded. It's like, oh, I, I guess that's part of her character. Like, right. they're also super rich, and, like, that's a thing that never really came up prior to then. What is her job, even? I don't know. And I, therefore, again, what is Jason Biggs' Right, job? exactly. And who is this person? That's the biggest problem with this character. I don't know the fuck she is. If for, for my money, I think she was the one who understood, like, what kind of acting this movie needed. Like, she's a rom-com. Mm -hmm. I think she sort of, she more deftly than Dane Cook handles the transitions from yes. rom-com to raunchy comedy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I feel bad that she was nominated for a Razzie for this. Like, yeah. maybe for yeah. school, sure. I think she's as good as you could hope anyone could give be Give it to the whole movie. movie. Give it to Jason Biggs. Don't give it to her. I mean, yeah. but again, I guess moving on, I don't think Jason Biggs is bad. No. I don't think no. his portrayal is bad. The thing no. is, I, I don't know much about Jason Biggs' personal life, but I feel like if you told me he was a creep in real life, I would not have find that hard to believe. No, I, I don't think I would either. But I, he's successfully a creep in this movie. I was asking Brendan this earlier. Uh, what is the narrative purpose of him and Kate Hudson being co-workers? I mean, they needed to meet somehow. I yeah. just, it's weird but to me that a, that's in the a way case that just is, it complicates it. In a way that is repetitive because he has to, to see her, her, like, yeah, or he has to bug He could have been time. like a barista, but yeah. that would have been weird, I think, because then it's a much bigger power gap, I guess. Yeah. Or similar to what he was telling Jane Cook to do, he, maybe he was showing up in the place she jogs all the time. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. That's, that's I, I think they needed to yeah. be together for some reason. They needed to have an excuse to be in the same place. I guess it just yeah. makes it this way forward. weirder for him. Oh yeah, no. Like, again, they should have been talking to HR. Yeah. Jason Biggs should have been let go long before he quits or takes a sabbatical, whatever spin it is yeah. that he puts there on. There would have been some sort of complaint against him. Baldwin. I mean, he's good. He's great. He's a he's, good actor. Yeah, he's the, I, I think also it probably helps that he's only in three scenes because he never overstays his welcome that way. Yeah, it mm -hmm. is almost depressing how one note his character is. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, super well. Like, and it could have been a lot more interesting. And again, anything about this character that reads is kind of interesting is something Baldwin's doing to it yes. pretty much. Like I, like we said, like the one scene where he like, gives it straight to his son about the fact that Kate Hudson's too good for him and Jason Biggs is a much better person than you'll ever be. Uh, an interesting moment, but again, nothing comes of it. Yeah, ever. and just so casually 
devastating. Yeah, no, I, I love like just how like matter of factly he drops right. down like this is this is the way it is. Like you suck, you're a piece of shit. Everyone else is better than you. You don't deserve love. Yeah, everyone else that's sort of like uh, side characters, Lizzie Kaplan, Tyne Killam. I think they're all good. Like Ricky Lynch. I mean, they're all quality actors, right? Like yeah. they've all been good in other things. They've just been given one no characters to portray. Yeah, I don't. They're, I don't. They're not all disaster. Yeah, I mean, I don't like Lizzie Kaplan's character in this because, like, again, still don't know who this person is. Again, what her job is, she's what she a does. Horny like, lady. Right. Does she have her life together? Like she's super horny, but she also stays at home sometimes and plays um Guitar Hero. Guitar Hero. Yeah. Taryn Killam is just like the biggest scuzzbag yeah. in this movie, pretty yeah. much. Like that's his entire character trait right here. He's running out on Kate Hudson's sister. Like two or three times that we see in the well, movie? the first like right because the first time you see him, you realize that his ex girlfriend is the one that Dane Cook is on the date with in the beginning. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then after that scene's over, when Dane Cook's outside making out with random bimbo number eight, is when uh, Taryn Killam is running off with some other random woman, right. and Dane Cook kind of looks at us like like what, what are you doing? Yeah, like I Taren- just saved your life. Your yeah, ass. right. And Taryn Killam's like oh, I'm, I'm not married yet. Like blah blah blah. And then you find out and you're like oh this is the wedding that when he's going to be married into Kate Hudson's family, he's going to be marrying her sister. Like is that's not a bad yeah. thing. That's it. Is I don't think anyone else to talk. I don't think anyone. I mean, there are other actors. I don't think any of them worth. I mean, Ricky Lindholm, as I said before, I, poor Ricky Lindholm. I'm really sorry that this is all they gave you to do. Her character is so fucking like 0.5 dimensional. Truly. And the, and the that one five is re- religious. Religion, right? She's a religious nut. And the one thing that I like that I think she pulls off well is the scene after their date where she's you know devastated and has this little meltdown. Yeah. And then connects with Dane Cook. Wow! If only we could have gotten more of you doing that. And then even afterward when they're at the prom, a cheat little cheat, a kiss. little like wink to Dane Cook as they're walking in. It's just sort of like, hey, you're an interesting character. God forbid you show up at any other point. I, I would also say real quick, my looking to score beef with us. Uh, the score was done by John Debney, who's a very competent composer. He's done a lot of a lot of movies. I think the score is one of the biggest things that contributes to this movie's identity crisis because the score. Now there are various needle drops of songs in this movie, including "My Best Friend's Girl" like three multiple or four times. times. Yeah, every time the score kicks in, it feels like the score was written for a straight up rom com because you'll get it in moments where you first see Kate Hudson is playing just tinkly, whimsical like boy but sees girl for the first time and wah 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 woom what a hottie she is. Right. You've got that. Competing against you know, the various other source cues in this movie, like the composer got half of this movie, the yeah. rom half. Or it feels he, like two composers did it. Yeah, they or got, like they r- thought it was one got the comedy, yeah. one got the romantic part, and they were each told like, "All right, like you just score this scene, you yeah. score this scene, <laughs> and then it'll all come together in the end." Yeah. And I mean, like that truly is like the score in this movie is is nuts just because of that, because the score feels so much like a conventional early two thousands rom com, which this movie is clearly not. Who wants to do fixes? I can start. Yeah, it's not it. much. It's pretty thin. Same here. <laughs> yeah. Like that bimbo um, at the beginning, you like, could spread her on the bar and snort her up or whatever. Was it at one point? But your fingers are in those pretzels. Like, like it's a sorority it's, sister. Like it's your sorority sister. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like really horrendous lines of the movie. Yep. This is going to be the same for a lot of us, but I think the most interesting thing about this movie is what it says about toxic masculinity. And I, the idea that Dane Cook's character appears to be like just this massive douchebag but then you kind of learn that he really isn't, that he's just been like, he's clearly responsible. His father's clearly responsible for his incredibly warped view of the world and just like no, no one to give him like any empathy or like, mm-hmm. you know, balanced worldview. So I kind of wanted to do 
this without any real romance and just have this maybe the premise the same roughly where he tanks states and whatever and have it be marketed and like you know written sort of as a raunchy sex comedy except I, I kind of want it to to like be one of those movies where you t- we just trick people to go see this Stealth movie heart. people go in thinking they're seeing this raunchy sex comedy about this like douchebag but then halfway through or like even three quarters of the way through it becomes like he just has like a personal crisis and then it just becomes a sort of like dark drama with maybe a bit of a hopeful ending but I kind of want it to be like yeah like a, like a movie that people make spoiler spaces about an EV club because it's like <laughs> you will never be Believe, right, like, you'll never guess what yeah. happens here, yeah. It'll be like, I know that we, like, that you don't you don't think you want to see the movie from the trailers, but you want to see this movie. Yeah. Like, I kind of want to do, like, a stealth thing where, like, you know, you don't tell anyone that that's what's right. going to happen, that you just think, like, oh, it's going to be a movie where everyone laughs and, and then, like... like, shock of this all guy, Yeah, this guy who treats women like shit, but then... It just, he sort of has a breakdown halfway through it and uh, has to, like, figure out how to <laughs> turn into, like, a better person at the end of it. That's one of my favorite things about seeing, like, a movie review in the AV Club when you see an unexpected spoiler space being mentioned in the review. Where <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh my god, what's going right, to happen here? In this right, like, even if I'm not going to see this movie, it's like, I must Ooh, know what will happen now. Yeah. I'm just straight up not having the Jason Biggs character in my movie. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we need him. It's, that's a weird complication. What I really want to focus on is... I want to spend more time on Tank and his dad's relationship. I want to make it more explicit, like, how this relationship has affected Tank. I feel like there is, there's a way for it to still be a raunchy sex comedy while challenging toxic masculinity. I actually would love to keep the whole idea of him watching that movie and then being like, God, I'm so gay. But then to push that further and just realize, like, oh my God, I'm allowed to show emotion without... (laughs) Oh oh my God, I am so gay. Without... (laughs) Oh my God. Actually... Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. He says... Daddy. Um, In my mind, what I think would be interesting is if he has this kind of uh, process of emotionally maturing and realizing he's allowed to feel things. And then I would love for him to try to take that back to Alec Baldwin and to see that, like, conflict. Mm -hmm. What was missing for me was him kind of, for himself, stating to Alec Baldwin... Mm-hmm. This is who I am, and that's what I'm about. Not Alec Baldwin saying, "Oh, you must take after your mom," which is yeah, or just being like, "Wow, Dad, you're actually really shit." Yeah, right, father. right, yeah. Um, you were a real hero's journey, shit. There with like confronting the father, shit. You know, you yeah, could have done that. Yeah, you could have done it. And I think it would have been really interesting. And and the I, cave is a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm never going to leave it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's what Alec Baldwin says at the end. Yeah. I'm going to wallow in this cave. I'm going to wallow in this cave. <laughs> I'm king of this cave now. <laughs> I'll be buried in this cave. Oh, God. Jesus. All right, so here's the thing. You could, I think, take the unrated cut of this movie and re-edit it to either be a straight-up rom-com or a straight-up raunchy comedy, right? That's the easiest fix you could do for this movie, period, is make it just one or the other. And that's fine. I don't want to do that. This is what I think the movie should be. The only thing in this movie that I find kind of interesting are the countdown sequences, of which you get two. Now, what this movie could be is it could be sort of an anthology movie about this Dane Cook character who goes on, let's say, ten different dates throughout the movie. Each date has a countdown sequence, which shows how he is trying to tank the date in some way for some purpose. Through those dates, you will also get to meet the other characters. One of those dates gets to be with the Kate Hudson character. Maybe one of those dates is, you know, with 
the stupid bimbo at the beginning who kind of figures out like what his deal is a little bit more. One of those is a date where he takes the girl to meet his father, and mm-hmm. so you get scenes with him and Alec Baldwin. So basically, it's Dane Cook, the character, finding out who he is by going on these different dates, bouncing off of the other characters. You can have the one with Ricky Lindholm, mm-hmm. right, where he tries to sabotage and it goes horribly wry. You're doing this countdown thing through all of them. Mm-hmm. And so then at the end, it's kind of like the one he gets right. That's the one where he finally pulls off all ten things and does them successfully. I'm curious then. Are you? In your vision of this movie, mm-hmm. are there connective scenes between the dates or are we just going date to date? I don't think so. I think we're just going date to date. That's what I was hoping yeah. for. I actually think that I was considering that that structure. I think that would be super fun to watch. Yeah, I think an anthology movie is kind of an interesting take to do on this because honestly, like this movie's so fucking choppy and who cares about the interpersonal relationships? <laughs> who cares about this dumb movie anyway? So it's like, you might as well just like cut it down to these barest of sequences and, and then just build off of that. And yeah. that's at least, again, that's like a style move that you're not used to seeing in rom-coms. Yeah. I think it would People just be, truly do not Right. I think it would just be that. something, you know? Like, right. it would just be something different to hang your movie upon. Yeah. And frankly, I don't know. We should Movies do a thing where we come up with weird rom-coms. What if phone booth but rom-com? Oh, that'd be cute. <laughs> what if phone booth was wrong? How would you keep the guy in the phone booth? <laughs> if you talk to this one lady on the, he's gonna stay in the phone booth. If you hang up, we're never going out. She's having a crisis or whatever. And yeah, she reach, it's like the happy version of cellular. The yeah. wrong version of cellular. Yeah, um, I guess so. I, I yeah, it just like feels like you have to find like a more gentle way of having it hysterical, like on the edge of a roof or something. Somewhere, or this is the only number she can kind of right. Like, she doesn't have a cell phone, but like her mom lives in the neighborhood, and this is the only way she can get in contact. She's yeah. having like a, a minor, a fun crisis. Right. Like, oh yeah. my God, where's this thing I needed? And oh, my mom's sick. I need this thing. Yeah. What's a movie we've done that would be an awful rom com? 88 Minutes. Girlfriend. Oh my God, the rom com. <laughs> That'd be so funny. The girl from Monday, the rom com. Just friends. Happenance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's want to wrap this up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, would we recommend? Unequivocally, no. I hated this movie. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. This might be my least favorite movie we've ever done. Wow. Because I hate the characters in this movie so fucking yeah, much. It is. I'm so glad we spaced out our viewings of this movie. Because <laughs> if I had to watch this within like the span of three days twice, I would have just lost my shit. Yeah. I mean, I'd, be, I'd be lying if I said no, because I did. I did, and I made you You did, and it. I understand. Like, and you, you know, you've explained quite yeah. clearly what it is that you see in this movie, what you like about it. And I get it. Like, yeah, I, I'm not going to argue the points. There are unexpected things in this movie that I found very interesting. Yeah, same. Yeah. Um, but it's not funny, and it's not... No, I mean, that's its biggest crime, right? Like, it's yeah. not funny. For a raunchy comedy, it's simply not funny enough. Yeah, it's, it's not a good enough rom-com to be a rom-com. Just appalling. Right, well, so, like, yeah. there's literally nothing about this movie that makes me want to keep watching it, you know? Yeah. It's... I, I, Sam, it's it's hard for me to give me... give a strong yes of, like, you should watch this, just because I don't want to tell you that all of that misogyny is worth sitting through, but mm-hmm. there is interesting stuff in this movie that you just would never expect to be there. Yeah, I mean, if you got anything out of this and you want to see what I'm talking about, then you should see this movie. But yeah. us any... talking about it, we're giving you everything that's that's worth talking about. That's good. <laughs> I feel like my standards have gotten considerably lower as we've done this podcast. But I feel like there's one point where I was like, oh, Girl from Monday, worst thing I've ever seen in this podcast. Now it's kind of like, yeah, now I'd probably watch it again. Yeah! <laughs> Girl from Monday! Like, amazing. You know, it's Rising messy. Charts. It's messy, but there's something to it as opposed to here where it's like, no, this is fucking garbage. Oh my god. The Girl from Monday is, is one of the worst movies we've seen that I defend very slowly. I mean, like, it's, you know like, like it's doing something, right? Yeah. I have to give it credit for that. It's and doing something. Even if I think it's not doing it well and I don't <laughs> like it, it's doing something. You can never fault that director for... You can never say he's short on ambition. I'm gonna make you watch No Such Things next year. We'll see. It's, it's the one about fairy tales. <laughs> okay. Um, so we 
maybe it's, it's how Hartley does Beauty and the Beast. Maybe maybe I could do that. Facebook.com slash Whitewatch Podcast. You can like us on there. You can go to Dratback.com, which is where our podcast episode lives. Subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts yeah. and Stitcher. It's very easy to do either of those things, mm-hmm. by the by. Rate or subscribe. Five stars, please. Yes, five yeah. stars, please. Fuck it, uh, give us a one. I don't care. We're um, doing this for free, so don't be mean. <laughs> I realize no one's making you listen to this, and guess what? I could make you listen to this because, like, I'm kind of a big guy and I'm good with rope. (laughs) Yeah, that's somewhat true. Yep. Let's buy this sucker out. Bye, Bye. Bye. friends, girl.